God bless you. I wonder if we sing that to sing or we actually sing it and think about it. He knows my every thought. That's a pretty sobering thought. <laughs> he knows your every thought. Amen. This morning, Lord, not just our thoughts are on him to praise him and worship him or our words. Our lips will open and he's going to hear you when you call on him. Amen. Greetings to everybody here this morning. Now, <clears throat> you sounded just a little bit subdued there singing, all right? I was up very early in the morning. I was on the island this morning, and I came here this morning because we wanted to be in church. So I was up early. We're going to just put everything into it this morning, all right, Philip? Amen. <laughs> You're like, Brother Michael, way too much energy for Sunday morning. But it's Sunday morning to praise him. Amen. My goodness, we're going to give a hand for everybody from the state side that's here. I know there's a few. Sister Sharon, God bless you. Sister Lisa, where are you? Sorry. Sister Lisa, God bless you. <laughs> and Brother Ruin, Sister Sarah, God bless you. My goodness. So that's a call out to all the states people. We're missing you, so... <laughs> We got some taste in the waters. I know it's not easy to come across. We God bless you for making the effort and we want to see everybody here this morning that we can. Brother Henry. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. We serve a living God, don't we, Brother Henry? Amen. Yes, sir. That spot's been waiting for you. You just soak it in this morning, Brother Henry. God bless you this morning, Sister Calista. I know she mentioned she had a friend this morning. Welcome. Welcome to service this morning. Amen. I want to sing this morning, Oh, love of God, how rich and pure. Let's sing that song together. I love this song. A good old song. I love the, the last verse, but we'll start right from the beginning. Amen. Well, why don't we stand and sing, The love of God is greater far. Oh, the love of God. Oh, the 
man. And my sins are all washed away. If we could get a real just understanding and revelation of that this moment, we'd be jumping. We'd be shouting. Because we beat ourselves up. The devil beats us up way too much of your sins. But you can tell him this morning, my sins are all washed away. And I'm amazed at my God, Satan. So step aside because I'm singing his praises this morning. Amen. Is Sister Leah here? Leah Briner? Leah, can you help me out? I want to sing Bloodline this morning. I know. Let's sing. We're just worshiping him this morning, Leah. You're going to help me out. Amen. I know we know the verses. But this is an anthem. Satan, you can't cross the bloodline. And I'm going to tell you this morning, right here, there's a line of blood. I have the words for you, Leah. They're all ready for you. I was prepared. <laughs> Amen. We'll sing it as a special, not as a special. We're just going to worship. Sister Lee's going to help us out. Amen. Let's sing this verse, verse here. Amen. I'm walking by faith and can't see what lies before me, but still I see victory. Turn around and give up to Cause I do believe 
this morning we've been here in these last few weeks substance faith Lord Lord the evidence Lord we're walking in it Lord and the evidence is being we're speaking Lord your word on our lips Lord and here standing on our balcony is brother Henry Lord Lord evidence in front of your face Satan you can't cross the bloodline for he's healed us and he's saved us our sin sick soul and has redeemed us by the blood of the lamb Lord, we give you glory this morning. We honor you today, O God. Lord, we come in prayer this morning, Lord, wanting you to take complete control of the service. We're worshiping you. Dwell within it this morning, O God. Lord, we remember we have needs amongst our people, and we're sick and needy, and Brother Milko's in his room, Lord, and we don't forget Sister Bev, Lord, and Lord, different ones that are not well, but we have a bloodline this morning, O God. We have, Lord, an anchor. We have a cleft in the rock, Lord, that we can run to and are needy. For, Lord, you break her. You are the breaker of strongholds. Break the stronghold that binds Sister Bev, Lord, in her sickness. Break the stronghold of our Sister Rennie, O God. Hinder her. Break the strongholds, O God, that would hold our families back from full worship with you, O God. Lord, we're calling the prodigal's home. Lord, we're praying and believing, O God. You're moving and stirring and we're holding on as Brother Tom prayed this morning, the angel stirring the water. Oh, God, that you would continue to stir, continue to move, and we'll continue to run into the waters, Lord, for we do not want to lose the moment when you're stirring. Lord, the winds may blow, Lord, and it goes as it lists, as your scripture says. Oh, God, when your winds are moving, we want to be amongst the stir. So continue, dear God, and we'll hold on, Lord. Move amongst us once more this morning. Take your servant, oh God. Take Brother Tim, Lord, and may he preach the word so direct for the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart that's your scripture and your word brother tim is bringing it this morning lord the gift you've placed in our in our body may lord you now move through him may he step aside and may it go directly to the soul this morning we pray not a sunday morning service but an encounter with the almighty god jesus we commit this service the worship to you, Lord, our praise to you in Jesus Christ's name. Have your complete way. Amen and amen. Amen. It's his day. It's his day. Glory, glory. You may have your seats this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So good to see Brother Henry up there. My, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to see you all. My, what a morning. God bless you. Brother Richard, you have a little announcement for Sunday school. The, the year is starting. I know for all you students, it's here. 
September. Amen. Amen, saints. Um, I know school starts right after the weekend here, uh, and we would like to restart in person Sunday school classes again. Um, starting, we're going to start next Sunday on the 12th. Um, so just a quick note to parents. I know we've got some new people that have come in since the whole shutdown thing that's been like almost two years here. It seems like it's been a long time. Anyway, um, Sunday school initially starts in the fellowship hall at 945. And it's uh, all children, doesn't matter what age they are, are welcome to come to the singing service portion. So then ch- the children that are from four years old to 12 years old, then we'll so they split up and go to their classrooms. Um, that would be a four-year-old that's four by the end of this year. So uh, if they're kind of three still today, but they're going to be turning four before December 31st, then that's fine. Um, next, the Sunday after that, the 19th would be our first uh, like in-classroom. Um, the first Sunday, like next week, will just be literally getting to know who your teacher is and where you got to go. Uh, due to the current restrictions at the border still, and we don't know how that's going to balance, apparently we've got an announcement coming up. So our American brothers and sisters still might not be able to attend in person. So during the lockdown, we had done a... Um, a Zoom connection, uh, and so we're going. We're still working on that. I think I, we can be able to have each child into their own class, as opposed to what we were doing during the lockdown. Was basically you had a Sunday school class once a month because we had to kind of rotate them that way. Um, that said, I need to see all the Sunday school teachers, the in-class helpers and those who had been participating in the Sunday School song service, the musicians and all those guys, I need to see you in the fellowship room directly after the service today. We're going to have a really quick meeting, answer a few questions, and um, and then we'll be moving on from there. Uh, but so, just so everybody knows, for those that are bringing children to the Sunday School song service next Sunday, it's 9.45, which is a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, and then that's in the fellowship hall. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Richard. Amen. The little ones came to Jesus. He spoke to them and taught him the things of his word. And so we want to bring our little ones. They need to learn from little ages. It's foundational. The last thing you want, we come to school and different ones, they don't know who even David and Goliath is. We say, well, we've got a problem here. Maybe a problem in the home, <laughs> not the Sunday school. Amen. We want to teach our little ones from the little ways up. Amen. What our faith is anchored in in Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome everybody. I know there's different ones gathering at the phrase and there's ones at the camp and different ones at different places streaming and those that are connected from their homes. We greet you in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. You're a part of the part of the song service and the preaching and the, the service today. Join in no matter where you are. Stand up and praise him and shout amen through the spirit realm. That amen will go right through and strike the spirit that's anointing Brother Tim and it'll come right to your home. Amen. I believe it. You believe it and you'll get it. Amen. Baptism this morning. Amen. Sister Marie Victoria. Kapuya. Lori. Amen. And anyone else? There's water. What doth hinder? Amen. Hey, if the Lord is moving on your heart, Brother Tom said, and anyone else, amen. Let's just sing. I want to sing, I just want to take a little bit of time. 
You might have to stand, but I'll just leave that with you. I'm standing. Amen. Let's hit that one with a good, strong musical punch. I just want to take
come to sing all day though we could but we came to hear the lord speak to us so we're gonna have brother tim we'll invite him out to come if he's ready and we'll just sing as he comes we'll just sing this chorus the goodness of god
Lord, that's our heart this morning. To sing of your goodness, Lord. To speak of your blessing. To talk about how you do watch over. You do redeem your people from every kindred, tongue, and nation. And Lord, you have a purpose in life. And the devil has worked on poor humanity. Oh God, humanity has become corrupted. They have corrupted their ways. Lord, this civilization will come to an end. But out of the midst of this, what is called Satan's Eden, you've called a people, Lord. Lord, we are so unworthy. We are humbled, but we are ever so grateful, Lord. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for giving us ears to hear. Thank you for quickening us by your word, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We're unworthy, but we give you glory, Lord. You're the worthy one. We lift up the name of Jesus. That name above every name, the Lamb of God, by whose blood we are redeemed. We thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, as we turn back the pages of your word this morning, we pray that you'll just have the preeminence, Father. May you take control of this service, even as you have already. But Lord, may you take control of the preaching of the word, not according to notes or thoughts of man, but according to divine inspiration that comes from your throne alone. As Brother Michael has already said, you are the thought, you are the discerner of the thoughts and intents of every heart. There's nobody here but what you know them. You know them to their innermost being. You know them to their deepest secret. Lord, there are things that you know about them that nobody else knows. But Lord, we're giving you the preeminence this morning. Not just the preacher, but everyone in in ear, Lord. Everyone hearing now. Lord, we're just praying, Father, you'll just take control. You know what we have need of. So have your way, we pray. Anoint the word once again. Minister to our souls, we pray. Wash us in the water of the word, we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, if you would. Psalms chapter 1. I want to greet you all in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greet those that are here, those that are streaming, um, whether it be from the United States or around the world. Uh, we greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but especially to our brothers and sisters whom have been hindered from being in service by the government of Canada and the USA. Now, we might talk about communist countries and how they don't like people to gather, but our own government's freedom, so-called, uh, has hindered our brothers and sisters from being in church. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, may God... Uh, just deal with them as he sees fit is my desire and my prayer. And we certainly are remembering our brothers and sisters wherever they are gathered uh, this morning. God bless you, Brother Henry. It's good to see you. Amen. I've been waiting for you. It's good for you to be here. It's good for us to have you here. Amen. Amen. I don't know if Brother Milko's watching uh, this morning, I haven't been up to see Brother Milko for a couple weeks. My family's been battling a head cold. No, it's not coronavirus. 
or COVID or whatever they call it. And everybody that's been tested, it's all negative and, and so that's just not it. But, uh, you know, they still have head colds and they still have flus, I guess, and all those kind of things. So I haven't been up to see Brother Milko. Don't want to carry any germs anywhere. So, uh, how many are remembering Brother Milko this morning? Amen. Uh, we pray that God will strengthen his body and strengthen his spirit. We certainly desire that God will give him the strength to overcome in the trial that God has allotted to him in his wisdom. Amen. In God's wisdom, he knows what each one of us have need of. Amen. Amen. Um, also, I just want to say that uh, there's a new podcast up. Uh, we've been doing some missions podcasts. Uh, I thought, our thought is that in the inability to travel and bring home firsthand reports, we're actually going to the, to the other nations and pulling in interviews with different brothers from overseas and what's happening in their countries. So there's a new podcast up on the website uh, from Ethiopia today. Brother Mogus is speaking to us from Ethiopia. And so uh, we have an interview with him there. And you can find it on the web page if you don't get an automatic notice. If you want an automatic notice, you can just sign up for it. Bottom of the web page, there's a sign-up place there. Amen. How many have been joining the services? I'll tell you what, these last two Wednesday nights, you know, I know Brother Tom's always a great preacher, but these last two Wednesday nights, these young brothers, I don't know how you feel, but I'm getting ready to retire. Uh, Praise the Lord. Certainly have been, been enjoying the ministry of the word. You know, I see these brothers have been in the word. Brother Murphy, two Wednesdays ago, just a masterpiece. Just a masterpiece of, of the reality of God in human life. And then, of course, Wednesday night and, and anointing, which was the subject I was studying on. And, uh, but, uh, we're gonna try and, uh, not overlap here from Wednesday night. But, you know, God just has a thought for us, doesn't He? We're in a place, we're in the place we want to be. Can you say amen to that? Are you in the place that you want to be this morning? I, there's no greater place. And I'm not just talking about Cloverdale Bible Boy. I'm talking about in the Word of God for our day. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the center of what God's doing today. Amen. So let's take our Bibles in Psalms chapter 1 and uh, just read a few scriptures here if we could to start. Be reading, referring to a number of scriptures today, as is our, I guess, normal practice. <clears throat> Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his pleasure, his desire, the place that he wants to be, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law does he meditate. In God's law does this man meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. The Lord has blessing to the reading of the word, you may be seated. 
Everything that this man does that is fulfills these conditions, everything, the Bible says, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The first time God uses in his Bible, you know, God interprets his word by bringing it to pass, right? And so the first time that God uses the word prosper is we find in the book of Genesis where Abraham's servant Eliezer went out to get a bride for Isaac, a great type of the bride of this hour, a great type of God sending a servant to get a bride. A great type of a ministry that has a specific purpose, that has a specific aim. There might be day-to-day things that need to be. I'm sure when Eliezer left Abraham with the, with the train of camels and he, he went on his way to a certain location, this bride wasn't to come from anywhere. This bride was to be of a certain makeup. It was to have a certain character, was to have a certain uh, way about her, was to have a certain lineage. She could trace her lineage all the way back to the same lineage as Abraham. Amen. Amen. She could trace her ways all the way back to the mind of God. Can we say it that way? And so the woman now that was to be selected, uh, uh, Eliezer, was conscious that he had a great responsibility, but he wasn't relying upon himself. And so as he arrives at the place of destination, and as I was saying that he, he no doubt had daily duties, he had to eat, he had to cook a meal, you know, he had to take care of those that were with him. He had to watch over the gifts that he was bringing and all of those kind of things. There was all kinds of daily responsibility. But there was one objective. There's one objective in this message and that is to get a bride. There are many blessings within the message. There are great things that God does. He restores homes. He restores marriages. He restores minds. Amen. He brings peace. He brings joy. He gives us purpose in life. He does many things, but in the midst of all those things, he has one great purpose. God is looking for a bride. And he sent his servant, who happens to have a name, and his name is William Branham. He sent his servant to do that work. And he gave him gifts and he gave him a way to go there and he, he gave him a design and he directed his footsteps and he led him all along the way and he had these meetings and he had these supernatural experiences. He had many countless vindications, so many things that God did. But remember, there's one purpose. And no matter what happened on the trip, maybe, maybe, uh, Eliezer, uh, made lots of money. Maybe he found great treasure. Maybe he had great battles and won great victories. Maybe he did all these things. But if he didn't find a bride, he was not prosperous. This message has has gone all over the world. This message has has gone to places you would be amazed. I I was just on uh, on text and on email today trying to get some help from Nepal this week uh, for some translations. We have some translations, but we needed some, I need some uh, 
a little bit of text for the message hub to to be translated into Nepal so we can publish these into book form and and things and you know you just don't realize how far the message goes anybody ever been to Nepal I don't see any hands I've never been there either but yet God has a bride there amen I was on the on the phone this week to Germany I was on text this week to Uganda in Ethiopia. I was receiving emails from Angola and was got a phone call from Malawi. All these kind of things. What's happening? God's going after a bride. All right. And so Eliezer, he comes to the place of the well after all the events of his, we'll call it his ministry. And he comes to the well. And he, he meets this girl and he's, and he's prayed already to the Lord. He says, now, Lord, if whatever girl comes up and says, I'll water all the camels, is willing to do a great work, to draw lots of water, to pull lots of weight, and to put in a lot of service to water all these camels, let that be the one that you've chosen for Isaac. And he gets to the well and the first girl is Rebecca. And Re- you know the story. Rebecca comes up, says, I'll give you some water. And here, I'll water all your camels for you while you're here. And Eliezer's just amazed. And he says, and he says, he's wondering at her, but he held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. First time God uses prosperous is in Eliezer going for a bride. The Bible records about Joseph. God made Joseph a prosperous man. Wherever Joseph was, it prospered. When he was in Potiphar's house, it prospered. When he was cast into prison, if you can believe it, prison prospered. When he was raised up on the right hand of Pharaoh, of course, Egypt prospered. And so this kind of prosperity that is of the Lord, and I'm not... I'm not a prosperity preacher, so I don't want you to think I'm going down that road tonight. But I I want you to see the place that you're in. In that this kind of prosperity that comes from God, it comes to a certain place and you can't stop it. You can put it into captivity, it prospers. You can put the anointed word into prison and it prospers. You can put the anointed word into the heads of government, it'll prosper. Quite frankly, if our government would take somebody from this message and let them run the COVID thing, we'd be done with it. It would prosper. Because this is the place of prosperity. Why are they languishing? Because they got a bunch of people that have no wisdom. They got no connection to God. All of those kind of things. You know, I was, I was studying on this and I came across a quote. My brother-in-law is here somewhere. I sent him the quote. And, uh, uh, he's, I think he's up in the, probably in the audio room or something. And, and, uh, you know, Brother Branham was just talking about electricity, the wisdom, what it came with a prophet. This has nothing to do with what we would call calling a bride, but he's just talking about electricity. And he just says, you know, we, we need a conductor, not an insulator. He says, for example, he says, copper is a conductor, but he says, aluminum is not a conductor. Now, years ago, they tried to put in aluminum wire in the houses. And now they got all kinds of problems, right? 
They actually took it out of the code. You can't put aluminum wire in the, in the house anymore because there's all kinds of problems. And I saw that and I was thinking, if they did just listen to the prophet. They could have saved themselves a lot of problems, even in the electrical code. Is that okay, Brother Sam? <laughs> what a message. What a message we have. Do you realize what you're sitting under? Do you realize the blessings of God that are being poured out? And I'm not, I'm not just talking about the things that we can see. The things of the baptisms. And the, and the families that are being dealt with. And the souls that are getting saved. And if you're a visitor this morning, maybe this is your first service. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody here for the first time. You may not even realize what God has done in this day. But I want to tell you something. That as the Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, it says there's a place that you can be planted. And if you're planted there, everything you do will prosper. Because your only desire then is to do the will of God. Your only desire in that place is to be in the center of God's purpose. Hallelujah. And it isn't always, and it's not just because you want to prosper. Not just because you say, oh, go ahead and prosper. You know, go ahead and, you know, you're, you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God, do whatever you want. You know, the prophet of God made that mistake with David when he wanted to bring the ark back into the, the, into Jerusalem and, uh, uh, and said to David, you know, do all that's in your heart, or that it wasn't the prophet, rather, it was the others that said, do all that's in your heart, God's with you. And, and, you know, he brought the ark in the wrong way. He wasn't staying planted where the blessings were flowing. But yet there was, uh, you know, I could even go to Ahab and how that he had 400 prophets and, and how that they prophesied, go on up and you will prosper. You'll be successful. And was he successful? No, because he was out of the will of God. But there is a place where you can be planted. Hallelujah. By the rivers of the waters of life. That if you are planted there, that everything that you do shall prosper. Hallelujah. Your family will prosper. I want to get into this in a little bit. Your home will prosper. Your thoughts will prosper. Amen. Everything about your life will prosper. Everything that God has in His mind for you cannot be stopped. And that's why even the Scripture says, even though the devil identifies you as one of the elect, and he tries to form some weapon against you, no weapon formed against you will prosper. I want to be planted there. David said to Solomon, David, that man that knew what it was to be planted there, who wrote the psalm, said, blessed is this man, the very first psalm. And he says to Solomon now at the end of his life, he says, my son, the Lord be with you and prosper you and build the house of the Lord thy God as he has said of thee. Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding and give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep The law of the Lord thy God, then shalt thou prosper. See, David wasn't just giving him a blanket blessing. Oh, the Lord prosper you. He says, no, son, listen to me. It's my will that you would prosper. But there is a place of where you will prosper. Stay in the word. Keep the law of God before you. 
Then shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments with the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Hallelujah. He says, be strong and be of good courage. How can we keep the law, Brother Tim? How can we keep the word? It's very simple. It's not summed up in the Ten Commandments. It's summed up in Acts chapter 2. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You will be planted in the place of the blessing of God. You will be planted in the place where the blessings are flowing. You will be planted where the prosperity of God is. There's no addition needed. It's not the the word of God and your thoughts. It's not the word of God and your culture. It's not the word of God and your ideas. It's not the word of God in anything. It's the word of God alone that will prosper. Lord, cleanse us of everything else. Lord, separate us from every idea, from every man-made thing. That's what the message of the hour came to do, isn't it? Tie up all the loose ends. Finish the mysteries. In other words, show us what is man-made and what is of God. If you finish the mystery of God, it exposes the thoughts of man. Amen. When God reveals his thoughts, it shows anything contrary to his thoughts was a man-made thought. It shows that the Trinity was a man-made thought. It shows that eating an apple in the Garden of Eden was a man-made thought. Amen. It shows that denomination is a man-made thought. It shows all these things is a man-made thought. And so if you walk in the place of God's word, when you walk under the revelation of God, he will make your way to prosper. Amen. So he was prospering this man because he was planted by the river. The place where the blessings are flowing. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 4, if you would. Anytime I think of Psalms 1, I think of Daniel 4. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Chapter 4. In Daniel chapter 4, the King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon sees a dream. And it troubles him because of, uh, it's an amazing dream about a great tree, but, but yet the tree is cut down. So as he's troubled, he doesn't know what it means. And so he asked Daniel, who's called Belteshazzar in Babylon, and he, he, Daniel, the Lord reveals to Daniel what the dream means. And we're going to pick it up in verse 19. It says, then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one, for one hour. And his thoughts troubled him. And the king spake and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Listen, the dream Daniel realized was trouble. There's coming some troublesome times. And it doesn't look good for Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel's not happy about it. Nobody's happy when troublesome times come. Amen. But they have to come. 
The Bible says, you know, you know, persecutions have to come. Offenses have to come. Nobody's happy that they come, but the Bible says, woe unto them by who the offenses come. And so there's, there's troubling, it's troubling Daniel because he has great respect for Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, he says, don't let it trouble you or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. And Belteshazzar answered and said, my Lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair and the fruit thereof much. And in it was meat for all and under which the beasts of the field dwelt and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitations. It is thou, O king, thou that art grown and become strong for thy greatness is grown and reaches unto heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And then he goes on to describe a problem. And he says, whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one come down from heaven. From where? Heaven. It says, hew down, hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump and the roots in the earth and even the band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. And I'm not going to read all of the details of it, but the, the story is this. The king became great. Why did the king become great? Think about Nebuchadnezzar for a moment and his great kingdom of Babylon. Because he, he patterned his kingdom after heaven and he wasn't even a believer. But there's a place. That even if an unbeliever gives respects unto God, God will bless him. And God had raised Nebuchadnezzar up for a purpose. Because Israel was going away from God. And God was going to use Nebuchadnezzar to chastise Israel. And so there was a purpose in all of these things happening. Nobody was happy that Nebuchadnezzar con uh, conquered Israel. Amen? Nobody was happy that he took them captive. It wasn't easy. It was hard, but they needed it. Amen. And God used Nebuchadnezzar for that purpose because Nebuchadnezzar had respects unto God, even though Nebuchadnezzar wasn't really a believer. But he made his throne like heaven. He made his palace like heaven. He had a, a stream of water flowing by the throne. He had great gardens like the Garden of Eden. And he had all of these things. You know, religion is not, is not alone the thought of the elect of God. All of human beings are religious. Why do people smoke? Why do they drink? Why do they do drugs? Why are they looking for something? Because there's something in man that's made to worship God. Doesn't matter where they are, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what their calling is. So here's Nebuchadnezzar, he stayed true to that, but there came a point in time in his life that he says, I have done this. And he got lifted up in pride like Lucifer, 
And because of that, God had to bring him down. Now, I want you to notice this. And, I, and my object is not, you know, the, just the, uh, the bringing down of those that are not humble. But I want you to notice that even to the natural man, the, the Bible says the entire world marveled at the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. His way did so prosper. Are you with me? All right. So the natural man looked at that. There's a reason for that prosperity. When you see men rise up in the age that we live in, there's a reason for that prosperity. All right. There's a reason that God allows them to raise up in the natural realm. Because God's going to use those tools to his purpose. All right. And so, you know, uh, I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but let me just say, it was God that gave Nebuchadnezzar that kingdom. It was God that allowed him to be successful. It was God that blessed him. And, and because he was respectful and he patterned it after the kingdom of God, but when he lost sight of that, he lost sight of the place of blessing. Bible says in First Peter, it says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one another. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you that's that same thought he says don't just be humble but just cast your cares upon him because he cares for you now there was another man that had a, a pattern he wanted to build things after the pattern and god admonished him build it after the pattern in heaven and that was moses god said to moses now i've shown you the pattern in heaven, and I want you to build the tabernacle, and I want you to set up worship in Israel after the pattern that you see in heaven. And God blessed his way, all right? And God prospered Moses. But Moses was different than Nebuchadnezzar in that Moses, the Bible records, was the meekest man in all the earth. And I know you chuckle because he wrote that himself. Now, I can imagine it pained Moses to write that. Somebody as meek as Moses to write Moses was the meekest man. I'm sure he didn't enjoy writing that. But God told him, put that in there. People need to understand the place you're in. And it was actually in the time when when Mo, when Aaron and um, what's his sister's name Miriam uh, rose up against him and made fun of him because of his Ethiopian wife, and they you know talked about oh you know the law says you're not to marry outside of Israel and you've married an Ethiopian and you know does God only speak to you God speaks to us too and you know God and they were just kind of comparing themselves they looked at themselves as spiritual and they looked at Moses. As spiritual, but the reason that they would do that was because Moses was the meekest man. 
He wasn't about to, to chastise them for that. He wasn't about to complain about how they treated him. And, and, and you know, I was, it was interesting as I was reading in the dictionary. And, and what is the difference between meekness and humility? What's the difference between meekness and humility? And it said this. It said, meekness has been contrasted with humility alone in so much as humility simply refers to an attitude towards oneself. A restraining of one's own power so as to allow room for others. Whereas meekness refers to the treatment of others. So humility is restraining yourself, but meekness is your approach to other people. And I thought that was interesting the way that that they had put it. And so it didn't say Moses was the most humble man in all the earth. It says Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. In other words, he was a man, not a man that would project himself forward. He was not a man that would, uh, and I'm just building a foundation here. I think you realize that. Moses was not a man that would say, I'm the guy. I'm the one. Even though it was Moses on the mountain. It was Moses that, that brought them out of Israel, out of Egypt. It was Moses that God used to bring the plagues. It was Moses that God used to part the Red Sea. Is that right? Yeah, God spoke to Miriam in her time, and God spoke to Aaron, and God spoke to different ones. But Moses, God spoke lip to ear. It was a different kind of speaking to. It was Moses that got the Ten Commandments. It was Moses that was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. It was Moses that did all these things. But Moses wasn't one that projected himself. But Moses knew who he was. See, that's the difference. Humility. In humility, you can know who you are, but you restrain yourself. But in meekness is how you present yourself to others. And as far as Moses was concerned... No doubt Moses would say, I didn't want this position anyway. Just like Brother Branham would say, I didn't want to do these things anyway. And many times it was against my own thinking that God led me to do things. I'm not the one that does these things. I'm only there when he does them. Amen. That doesn't mean Brother Branham doesn't know who he was. Old people raise up and say, oh, Brother Branham this and Brother Branham that. And, you know, he didn't have a proper education. And he didn't speak things. And, you know, he said one thing one way and then he said something another way and, and different things. Yeah, he was human. Matter of fact, he was a very weak human being. But the thing that I love about him, he was not, a, not scared to say how weak he was. When somebody knows their place, isn't this true? When somebody knows their place, they're not scared to admit their weaknesses. It's when they're scared uh, of admitting their weaknesses that, that they try and, and, and fit into a place and they're scared of losing that place. You can't lose the place that God gives you. No matter how weak you are, no matter how feeble you are. No matter how peculiar you are, it doesn't make no difference. God has a place for you. And that is the place where God will cause it all to prosper. What a message we follow. What a message. A seventh grade education, a man from Kentucky. I'm thinking about this man. You know, I thought about Nebuchadnezzar and the great tree that he became to all the world. And now I'm thinking about Brother Branham and this message going out to all the world. As I've said, beyond human control. 
reaching into countries you don't even know how it gets there. Quickening souls, you don't even know how they got a hold on the message. But it gives them a revelation of who they are in Jesus Christ. And it quickens them to life. What does that? A man with a seventh grade education? No, God brought a man to his position and there he prospered. He was planted by the rivers of water. He stayed in the word. He wouldn't deviate from the word. He didn't try and prosper it himself. He didn't try to use politics. He didn't try to use denomination. He didn't try to use friends. He didn't try to use money. Though he could have had all those things. He could have had all those things, but he just stood with God. And God prospered it. I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, just stand with God. Just stand with God. If you have to stand alone, stand with God. And what a message that's gone throughout the world. It appears humble on the outside, but I'll tell you what, great supernatural things are taking place. Hallelujah. Brother Branham knew who he was. When he stood against the lunatic in Portland, he knew who he was. Tell you what, they need him in Portland again. When he stood against those preachers in Chicago, he knew who he was. When he stood against that preacher in Houston, Texas, trying to defame him, that Baptist preacher, not even worth mentioning his name, but Brother Ram knew who he was. I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to debate him. Let Brother Bosworth go and say it, but it says as long as Brother Brother Bosworth promised not to argue. I heard a saying the other day, where there's much shouting, there's not much knowledge. Not referring to that in the church, I'm just referring to arguing. You know, he says, Brother Bosworth, don't don't argue with him. And Brother Bosworth said, I won't argue with him. But but when he sat up in the in the balcony and the angel of the Lord said, Go on down there. He knew who he was. When the angels lined the aisles. Listen, his brother Brown says there was ushers that held the people back. And, and there was no ushers. And, I, and this is, I realize this is probably second or third hand by now. But I'm just going to say it. There was no ushers there holding the people back. And people wondered, what was he talking about? His, his wife told the story later. says, those weren't ushers. Those were angels. But Brother Branham lived between those two realms. And he could see in one realm and in another realm. And as he walked down to that platform in Houston, Texas, he knew who he was. He didn't go up there to call fire from heaven. He went up there to say, now, Reverend Best, he's entitled to his opinion. He says, but so are we. And we have, you know, God has healed many people. And he says, how many people have been healed? And hundreds of hands went up. In, in the audience that was there for the debate. And, and, and he says, and then he comes to the place and says, no, I don't have to answer no more because he's here. Amen. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, but he's here. He says, and that pillar of fire come down. And that's where that picture was taken in Houston, Texas. I'll tell you what, God is a reality. God is not a God that you have to prove versus somebody else has to prove and you have to argue and they argue. No, no, let God prove who is God. Amen. He doesn't have to pump nobody up. 
Amen? You don't have to be pumped up. You don't have to be worked up. You just let God prove who He is. Are you sick this morning? You just let God prove who He is. Are you a sinner this morning? You just let Him prove that He's your Savior. Are you held captive this morning? He's your deliverer. You got chains this morning? He's the chain breaker. It doesn't matter what's troubling you this morning. He's here. That's why Brother Branham's standing in the pulpit. And he's holding a little piece of paper, I think, in that picture. And he's just standing there. And he's not talking about himself. And he's not trying to prove a point. He says, I don't have to say no more. Because he's here. Hallelujah. That's all we need this morning, is that he's here. Oh, the preacher doesn't have to prove it to you. He doesn't have to pump you up. He doesn't have to work you up. But when Jesus comes down and he's here, the, the person sitting in the pew, it doesn't matter if it's in the back row or in the balcony or in the internet or wherever it is, they can just raise their hand to the Lord and say, Lord, you're here. Oh, Lord, I can feel you. Lord, the word is striking my soul. Lord, you're making yourself real to me. What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? Lord, how do you want to manifest yourself in my life? I have a need. The powers of God. Hallelujah. Planted by the rivers of water. When the power of God comes down. Well, Brother Branham describes it. And he says, you know. Way down in my notes, I have to jump down to get this. Some people say, he says, some of them say, when you're in the presence of God, why don't you ask him this or that? He says, see, what many people calls the power of God is only the blessings of God. The power of God's altogether different from the blessings of God. The power of God in His presence, you just don't know what to do. You're so scared till you're numb all over, He says. The blessings. Now, now listen, saints. There's a place of this blessing. That we want to realize we are in right now. But in the midst of all that, do you realize you could be enjoying the blessings of God, and we are, and miss His power? Don't, and I'm, I'm not bringing that to be negative, I'm saying, Don't miss his power. As he passes by, don't miss his power. As he moves through the midst of the local assembly, as has been said by many, and we appreciate everything that he has done. How many enjoyed those camp meetings? I enjoyed them thoroughly. Brother Wayne's ministry was such a blessing to me personally. And the ministry that's been ministered since, all of that. But yet, In the midst of all that, it's not just enjoying it. We can rejoice. Amen. We can rejoice. It's good to rejoice. It's good to be happy. It's good to be thankful. But in the midst of that, be careful you don't get caught up in the blessings and miss His power. The power of God is moving through this church. 
And it's not going to go anywhere. Don't get me wrong. The power of God's here. But seeing as it's here, go a little deeper. Say, Lord, take me a little further. I want to be under the right anointing in this hour. And I want it to produce the right results in my life. Brother Branham, in planting, there's a good message. Planting the vine and where to plant it. Brother Branham preached in 1959. You you okay this morning? Amen. I'm pretty sure I got it late this morning. That's okay. He's long-winded whether he preaches or whether he leads songs. It don't matter. I'm only teasing you. He says, it is like David also said in Psalms 1. He says, blessed is the man that will not join up with these scoffers and ungodly people. Not connect with them. See, we're under the blessings. We're in the place. Be careful where you go. Be careful what you do now. You're, this is a sacred. Brother Brown says where the power of God is, it's a fearful thing. When God's moving, it's not just rejoicing and bubble dancing, if we could say it that way. It's more than that. It's now a sacredness. You young people that have been baptized, whoever has been baptized, our sister that's been baptized, now it's a sacredness. Lord, you've brought me to this place. You've planted me in this place of blessing. I want to stay here. Lord, keep me centered here. Brother Brown says... He says, you know, scoffers say the days of miracles is past. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is just to make belief. Blessed is the man that will not do that. Blessed is the man that will stand forth from such a thing. They don't want to mix those together. And you cannot mix those things together. Blessed is the man who won't assemble himself unto one of those things that denies the power of the Lord. The Bible says, come out from among them, for the day will come when they'll be heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Blessed is the man that will not assemble with these scoffers, making fun, calling the true church a bunch of fanatics. He shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water. God has put him in a choice spot. Is that where you are? How many say praise be to God? God has put me in a choice spot. He says his fruit will not wither. He will bring forth his leaves and fruits in the season. Now listen how he goes here now. He says, now Israel and Egypt was not planted. They were just set out. It wasn't their original home ground. And a man that's a Christian that rests his eternal destination upon some denominational creed, he's not in his right place. He was born to be free and a child of God to worship God. Amen. In other words, he will be like a man in the scripture that believes all of God's word. Where the power and nine spiritual gifts can flow through one one God into his innermost being. Now listen to this. It says people don't believe in shouting. The thing of it is they haven't got spiritual joy. Right. All right. So Brother Bram's not saying that's not a place of joy. That's a place of great joy. He says the joys of the waters of life can flow through. And then he says, that's a lot of the, what's the matter with Branham Tabernacle? Because unbelief, the cares of the world has bound the people that it cannot produce spiritual growth. Hallelujah. You've been planted. 
You've been planted. Keep the cares of the world away. Are you with me? Keep the things of the world away. Let the, the word wash you. In the water of the word. Wash you from all the worldly spirits. Wash you from all those worldly things. I say, Lord, wash me. Cleanse me today. Cleanse me tomorrow. Cleanse me the day after that. Lord, cleanse me every day. Let me be like Paul. I die daily. But nevertheless, I live yet. Not I, but Christ. The anointed word lives in me. Amen. Lord, let it be that I'll just stay planted in this place. Don't let me be distracted by the devil's distractions. All right. Now there's, there's blessings and the blessings are really anointings. If I could say it that way. This is where brother Michael, uh, dealt with this a little bit in anointed ones, true anointed ones. I think it was Wednesday night in the end time. That's what we are. We are true anointed ones. God has opened up his anointing upon your life. Hallelujah. It's not because I'm in Cloverdale. It's because I'm in Christ. God has opened up the windows of heaven. He's anointing me. Amen. As he read the quote, the spirit of the Lord out of Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus reading the scripture. And Brother Branham saying that great anointing that was upon Jesus and, and all the things that Brother Branham said there. And he's describing the reality of the anointing of God. And, and many times we think the, when the anointing comes, it's just a bunch of emotions. But to Jesus, it wasn't a bunch of emotions. The greatest anointing upon that vessel produced uh, precious words proceeding from his mouth. Talk about saying the right thing. Talk about speaking the word. The right things came out of his mouth under the anointing of God. And let the right things, the right claiming of the right promises, of the right blessings come out of our mouth under this anointing. Let us not use it for frivolous things. Let us not use it for carnal things. But let us use it for supernatural things. God wants to use your mouth. God wants to use your life. God wants to use your being. That's the reason he pours out his blessing. You know, even if we start at the very basis, why do we dedicate children? Why do we do that? Because Jesus said, suffer the little children and let them come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And and he brought the children to himself and he laid his hands on them. And the scripture says he blessed them. They had come to the place of blessing. And that's why we dedicate children to the Lord. We want the Lord to bless them. We want Him to bless their health. We want Him to bless their understanding. And especially we want Him to bless them by giving His angels charge over them to protect them from this evil age. And help us as parents to raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's why we dedicate children. You can't baptize children because baptism requires repentance. And a child has nothing to repent of and neither does it have enough knowledge to repent. So we dedicate them unto the Lord. And to bring them to a place of blessing. We're not the Lord Jesus. But we desire the Lord Jesus' blessing upon them. God blesses the church. Now I'm going to get just come local here. That's not just here, but in the United States. Why are you here? Why are you here? Do you recognize how blessed you are to be here? 
Excuse me, I'm not trying to make Cloverdale out to be something that it's not. But I'm just talking to those in Cloverdale. All right? Do you realize, I realize, I hope you realize, I know Brother Tom realizes, I'm sure Brother Michael does, how blessed you are to have a pastor like Brother Biscoll? Do you realize it? What a place of blessing. I'm not just talking about the vision and how God has used the gift. And I'll just say it this way, how God has made it to prosper. I'm not just talking about those things. but I'm talking about the identification. If I'm going to have a pastor, if Brother Biscoe is going to be my pastor, and he is my pastor. Now, if Brother Biscoe is my pastor, I want a pastor that God is blessing. One thing I don't look for is a perfect man. Because there's only one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? You understand that? Where I'm going here. But I see a man that's blessed. Now, this is deep, and I hope you can, you can go with me on this here. Because this means a lot to a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Brother Tom has talked a lot about Brother Biscoe, and he's got the inside track of knowledge, if you, say, if you don't mind me saying it that way. He's seen Brother Biscoe from, what year were you saved? 75, 1975. I came in in 83, much later. But nevertheless, a man whom God directed to this place. But now let's go back a step. A man who walked with a prophet. Who believed the message. Believed the prophet. I like what Brother Wayne said. The friend of a prophet. All of those things... And it wasn't that Ed Biscoe was so great. But he came to a place of blessing. But now because God began to bless him. And began to use him in so many ways that we cannot recount. Alright. But many came in in those days. Brother Ken, you're from that era as well. And, and all of these ones that came in, they didn't realize I'm in the place of blessing. They're just getting saved. Right? They're just, oh, I, I've never, I've never seen it like this. Some of them were dope heads and drunkards and, uh, you know, whatever else they were, I won't even say, and many other things that, that they just began to get saved. They saw the testimony of three little girls in school and all of those things and a, and a minister that would preach with all of his heart. It doesn't matter you, it doesn't matter how great a preacher you are. If God doesn't bless it, it won't prosper. But God blessed it and it prospered. And God blessed the church and it prospered. And God blessed the ministry and it prospered. And God allowed it to become, I'm glad actually brother Ed's not here this morning. That's why I can talk maybe a little bit more freely, not worried that he's looking over my shoulder, but you know, he, he became in a, in a place, oh Lord help me to say this the right way, where it was just God blessing him. Now let me just take a sidetrack here. We talk about the church, the ministry. What about the family? 
What about the family? He has three daughters. Those daughters were blessed because he was blessed. Now, in their own right, they're children of God. They're their own seed. All right? They're predestinated. Don't get me wrong. But their father opened up a channel of blessing. Okay? Now, how many of you... I'm going to ask this question because I want to get this thought anchored in your mind. How many of you are first-generation believers? That is to say, there's nobody before you in your family in the message. Like me. Okay, these are the first generations. How many of you are not first-generation believers? How many of you had parents that were believers that brought you around the message, all of that kind of thing? Look at all those hands. Do you realize how blessed you are? That your parents came into the message and they brought you to that place of blessing. And so when we... I'm a first generation message believer. I didn't have parents that instilled in me the principles of the revealed word of God. I didn't have that. Is this okay this morning? But Tom's maybe thinking, where is he going? (laughs) We know each other pretty well. (laughs) And, but I look at, as I begin to study this subject of blessing, all right, so let me, let me take a little bit of liberty without hopefully stepping on any toes this morning. I look at Brother Biscoe's family. I look at his daughters and their husbands. Okay? Now I'm going to zero in to the next generation. Okay? Brother Michael, excuse me for saying singling you out, Brother Michael, but him and his brothers are part of a double blessing. Because not only did Brother Biscoe come in the way, but now his dad came in the way. A man that loves the message. A man that loves God with all of his heart, full of zeal, and applies that in his home. And those boys, Sam's not in his seat, he's probably out in the foyer. Joel, is Joel here? Somewhere, maybe. But, you know, all of these things now, these boys might not realize how blessed they are. I'll let that sink in. Now, they're serving God, and their children are here. You talk about a blessed place. Fourth generation of blessing, of being planted by the rivers of water. What a a blessing, but I'll go further. What a responsibility. When you see somebody come in from the world, they don't have that. When you see somebody just be born again and, and, and you know, they struggle with life and they struggle with the issues of life. But we've been blessed. And I can say, I'm the one that broke the cycle in my family. So my children could be blessed and their children could be blessed. Bring them to the place of blessing. And do you realize when you've come in from the world, you first generation believers, that's what you've done. It's not just you got saved. You broke the curse. Because the curse was broken at Calvary. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. You have come to that place of the broken curse. That God could come down. 
Hallelujah. And, and it isn't just, oh, I'm saved. No, God could bless my children. And God could bless my grandchildren. I've opened up a way for them. And I give God all the glory for this. Hallelujah. It wasn't me. It wasn't because I was so intelligent. It wasn't Brother Biscoe because he was so intelligent. There was a seed laying in there. There was a predestination of a position, but he had to come to that place where that seed could prosper. Because when that seed is planted by the rivers of living water, like Brother Branham says, when an apple seed is planted, every apple that will ever come off of that tree is in that seed. It's already there. It just needs to be planted in the right place. Oh, brothers. Oh, sister, you're in the place of God's planting. You're in the place of God's blessing. I say, Lord, keep me here. Lord, keep my children here. Lord, keep my grandchildren here. Lord, let me have it with the right attitude and with all humility. Because there have been many that have come in the way of blessing that have taken it for granted. We'll say, like the prodigal son. He just took it for granted. Oh, wow, it's just, it's my right. It's my inheritance. I deserve it. No, you don't deserve it. Somebody became planted. You could go back through the blessings. Brother Ram talks about trickle-down blessings. He talks about different things. How that even as a nation, we enjoy the blessings of what our nation was founded on. America enjoys the blessings of what the nation was founded on. They're not certainly not living on their own righteousness. Lord have mercy. But anything that's good that's happening in America is because of the founders. That they put God first. And they became, they wanted to plant the nation in the way of prosperity. And they were blessed. I'll go further. Is this alright so far? Listen, don't ever take for granted where you are. You young people that are born into the message. Say, well, I don't have a great big testimony. Like somebody that came in out of the world. That's not a testimony. I'd rather never went through the things that I went through in the world. Everybody that came in the, from the world feels that way. I'd rather I had parents that believed this message. I'd rather I had parents that were overcomers. I'd rather have parents that weren't full of all the evil deeds that my parents were full of. I would rather have been raised in this message, but I wasn't. But I'm here now. And I'm not looking back to those things and blaming those things. Amen. But I'm living where the blessings of God are flowing. Hallelujah. I'm planted here. You can't take me out of here. I'm going to stay here. It doesn't matter what it looks like. This is the place that the blessings of God are flowing. I feel sorry for everybody that's ever left the message. I feel sorry. Because now I'll show you the blessings upon the church. Listen, Brother Michael was dealing with anointed ones. The anointing comes to the seed. Brother Bram says in questions and answers, the image of the beast. Are we okay this morning? Can I just show you a few more principles here before we close? All right. Now, he says, if you put the seed in the ground and don't cultivate it, what's going to happen? It'll just lay there and dry dust and rot. It'll do no good. Then he says, these gifts that has been in the church all along 
But just now, the wa- this is 1954, just now the waters begin to fall, the Pentecostal rain, to water it and bring forth fruit. Now use it in the right place. Okay. So now he's talking about the blessings fall, the rain falls upon the seed. And he's talking about the gifts that are already in the church. He's talking about Azusa Street. Okay, he's talking about the Pentecostal movement of the early 1900s. He says, that's always been in the church. But the only difference now is God sent a rain to quicken those things that were already in the church and bring them into manifestation. All right, stay with me now. So the anointing comes. Now, I'm going to use some terminology here, so stay with me. If you don't catch it, go back, listen to it, or just forget about it, whatever. I want you to catch the main nugget of the thought. The, the rain that was sent in the early 1900s is called a former rain in the Bible. They thought it was the latter rain, and Brother Branham quit, straightens that out in the church age book. He says it couldn't be the latter rain. He says it's the former rain or teaching rain. He says, and so that now anointing or rain comes upon the church and brought gifts into manifestation in the church, all right? Now, this is for those of you that are a little bit more grounded in the word. That was not one of the four anointings around the throne. All right. The lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. Revelation 4, Revelation 5. All right. So it wasn't one of those. This was something else that took place while while the church in general was under what the scripture calls the man anointing. Okay. So just... Uh, I'll just lay that out there for you to put that in order for you. But now in 1963, something changes. The anointing changes. We can say 1963 because we saw the events of it. We had a prophet to announce what God was doing. And that by, by showing what God was doing, he was taking the confusion out of it. What has taken place? Some saying this, some saying that. What's going on? We don't know what direction. No, a prophet of God is vindicated of God so that he can stand in his age and declare what God is doing because God says, I will do nothing but what I reveal it to my servants, the prophets. All right. So now 1963, we come to understand when the word was to be opened, it would take another rain and that also would take a change of anointing. So actually in 1963, two things begin to happen. While the former rain was falling, the latter rain would come or the third pole, the opening of the word, the harvest rain. At the same time, there would be a change of anointing from around the throne of God, from a man anointing to an eagle anointing. Are you with me so far? You understand these terminologies here. So now I want you to notice now, because the former and latter rain are meant to fall together at this time, there's a carry forward of Pentecostal ideas. All right? The former rain. And the teaching rain would carry forward. But remember, the latter rain being the harvest rain, it is to bring the seed to maturity. All right? Anybody ever planted a seed? All right, how we plant a seed? All right, you plant a seed, you put it in the ground, whether you put it in a pot in a house or whether you put it outside. When you plant a seed, when water comes to the seed, does it come up the first day? No, but something begins to happen. A process begins to take place. And so God sends a certain anointing upon the church to begin a process. 
What is the process? It's called a rapture. The rapture is a shout, a voice, and a trumpet. And, the, and we used to think in denominational uh, ages that the rapture was one day. One day there's just going to be a rapture. You know, there's going to be a shout, a voice, and a trumpet. We didn't understand what those were. We just heard about them. I was just a teenager at the time. And, and you know, hearing about these things, oh, there's going to be a rapture, and a lot of people are going to go up missing, and that's the way it was taught. Till a prophet comes along and say, the shout, the voice, and the trumpet are three stages or three things that he does while he's descending. All right. The first thing that comes is the shout or the message to gather the elect together. Where's he gathering them together? To be planted by the rivers of water. To be planted under the anointing. To be planted in the right place. Because here's what takes place in 1963. Are you with me so far? All right. What takes place in 1963? I love, I love the details of it because it just so proves out what a prophet declared in this age. What happened in 1963? The, the latter rain comes. The eagle anointing comes. The, the harvest rain comes. It's not just upon the elect. It's upon the age. The rage falls on the just and the unjust, right? Now what happens? History records it. Go back to your history. Uh, Methodist church appoints an ecumenical council. Catholic church appoints ecumenical. A Baptist appoints ecumenical. Pentecostals ecumenical. Everybody becomes ecumenical. Ecumenical officer for Salvation Army of all places. Ecumenical officer for this, for this, for that. Everybody's getting ecumenical. Why? Because the rain falls upon the tares to bring them to maturity. And the maturity of the tares is to bind them together with the Catholic Church that they all might be burned. But something else took place. There was no ecumenical officer in Branham Tabernacle. Hallelujah. There was no ecumenical officer under a prophet's ministry. Why? Because the anointing on the elect seed produces something different. It's the same anointing to bring maturity, but now it's not on tares, it's on wheat. Hallelujah. And the seed of the wheat comes back like the original seed, like went into the ground. The, the alpha becomes omega. The beginning becomes the ending. Hallelujah. The elect of God receive their anointing to bring them back to the original planting. Amen. They're anointed to become the word made flesh in their hour. They're anointed to manifest and declare the word of God. Hallelujah. Same anointing, different seed. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. He's, Brother Bram says in the fifth seal, he says, if God sends a certain spirit amongst them, that's the only thing they can work by is that spirit that works amongst them. Amen. He's, he's talking about anointing. Oh, God bringing it to pass. The lamb taking the book to the elect. A bride message comes forth. Glory to God. Do you realize where you are? You're under an anointing. As Michael said Wednesday night, it's the same anointing that's out there. It's the same anointing out there in the world, but wrong seed out there. But to the elect seed of God, they recognize if they're out there, this ain't the right place for me. 
was 1983 that, that I realized this is not for me. This is not where I want to be. I didn't know where I wanted to be, but that was not where I wanted to be. But when he brought the message by my way, that began to take the seed of God, plant it on the inside, and plant it where it needed to be planted. Hallelujah. And I can only say, we've gone from prosperity to prosperity, prosperity, all down through the time. Are you talking financial? No. I'm not talking about finances. I've been through poverty since I received this message. I've been to places where I didn't even know where, where we had maybe just baking soda biscuits and gravy for supper. My family knows what it is to be poor. My daughter, she's raised up in my prosperous years. You have to talk to my older family. <laughs> they know what it is to be poor. That wasn't it, but we were blessed. A marriage that was ready to crumble. God brought it all back together. Hallelujah. A home that well, I didn't know what direction it was going in. Finally, God gave us direction. It was God that came down and said, You've been looking in the wrong places, but I'm bringing you to the light of the hour. That's why God even dealt with me as a minister, feeling a call from a young child, really. And, and, and I, but running away from it all of my life. And God finally spoke to me. He says, you said you would preach when I gave you the truth. I've given you the truth. It was simple as that. I knew I couldn't turn them down anymore. Amen, Brother Michael. I knew I couldn't walk away from it anymore. It was just something that had to happen. Why? Because he brought me to the place. He brought me to the place he could bless me. He brought me to the place where love would prevail. He brought me to the place where healing would prevail. He brought me to the place where his powers would prevail. Where deliverance would prevail. Where all good things. Was there ever no problems? Oh, all all kinds of problems. Problems. My goodness, the believer's got problems. But we're in the right place where the answers are. Hallelujah. You got problems? He's the problem solver. Is that part of that song? Mm, The Waymaker. He's the problem solver. Add that one in there. You got problems? He's a problem solver. You know, all of these things, what God is doing. You got a young marriage? He'll solve every problem. You think you're you're not going to have disagreements? Of course you're not. Right, Brother Tom? No, no disagreements in marriage. Praise the Lord. You might have disagreements, but you don't have to argue about it. Because you got the great negotiator. You got the great arbitrator. You got the one that, that stands in, the, in between. He's a great mediator. He's a, he, I'm feeling like Brother Ernie now. You know, praise the Lord. That's an anointing all in itself. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things are wonderful what God has done for us. Do you realize where you are? You realize what God's doing in this church and many places around the world. He's bringing us to a place of his blessing. On the musicians come. Hallelujah. Brother Branham was talking about the change of anointing. He says everywhere now there's no revival. Everybody's complaining. This is recognizing your Danish message. Ministers crying. Since I was reading one of the outstanding papers come here to the church, a very fine paper, and I know the editor, I know the people, and they're godly people, very fine. 
Brother and Sister Moore, the Herald of His Coming, one of the finest papers on the earth, Herald of His Coming. But they hardly print anything unless it's about fast, pray, fast, pray, sound a trumpet. How many reads it? You know, they see, you see it all the time. Fast, pray, fast, pray. That's all you hear. Fast, pray. We're going to have a great breaking of day. There's a great thing going to happen. All of you, pray, pray, pray. We're not too late yet. Said that's what was going on. This is 1964. Why did they do that? He says, he says, they want a great awakening. They're crying, believing that there will be awakened. They're good people. Why is it? What have they done? They have not recognized the awakening of the bride. Now what's happened? Catch what's, I feel for these people. I was only two years old at this time. Three years old, I guess. When Brother Brandon was saying this. And my parents were in this. My grandparents, my grandfather was a, a pastor. My, on my mother's side and my, my uncles are ministers and all that sort of thing. And this kind of a movement. And Brother Brown's saying, you know, they're all saying, pray, 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 pray. We're, you know, why, why are they doing that? See, something's taking place. The Spirit of God is moving from a man anointing to an eagle anointing. He's moving from a son of God ministry to a son of man ministry. What are they wanting? They're wanting to go back to what they experienced under a previous anointing. You understand me? It's not that their desires were wrong. They wanted to go back to what they had under another anointing. And it's slipping away because that anointing is leaving. And another anointing is coming to the church. And that's why Brother Branham says, they're good people. They want good things. They want an awakening, but they're missing what God is doing. Why are they missing it? Because they didn't hear a vindicated prophet declare the anointing is changed. They didn't hear a vindicated prophet declare a process has begun. They didn't hear a vindicated prophet say, there's an awakening that's happening right now. It's an awakening of the bride. It's the word that's gone forth to place her in position and show her who she is and give her overcoming faith and bring her into rapturing faith and bring her into perfect faith so she can have perfect faith on this earth like the word had perfect faith on the earth 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. They're just missing it. You feel sorry for them, but that's not the place of prosperity. That's not the place God was blessing. Now God's blessing his revealed word in this day. Hallelujah. We're not going back. We're going forward. Amen. He says, why did they do that? They want a great awakening. He says they've not recognized the awakening of the bride, but by being a Christian, they feel the pull of the hour, but they haven't recognized what's been done. Hallelujah. He says they're looking for it way off in the future to come when it's already happened right by you. Now, I'm going to just say something here, and this is just Brother Tim. We thank God for what he's doing right now, today. Not yesterday. How far back is camp now? Three weeks? 
or so. We thank God for that. It brought us to where we are today. We're not looking back to even Brother Biscoe's ministry of how he began here and all the things that have taken place, but we thank God for that. It brought us to where we are today. But do we recognize where we are? Not way off in the future some way where we're not, we're not looking for something. We're rejoicing in something. Hallelujah. We may not understand it all, but we're thanking God for it. We may not be able to describe how it all works, but we know it works. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that it works? I could go down the row. Aren't you glad that it works? Aren't you glad that it changed you, Brother NBA? Aren't you glad that it brought you in? Go back to when Sister Eleanor came in. Aren't you glad that it brought you in? Well, the same God that brought you in is the same God that brought Brother EBA in. Aren't you glad for what God has done down through the years? Brother Michael, we were talking the other day. We're so glad for that. It might be through strange events, Brother David. It might be very strange how God did it, but it's the same. It's the awakening of the bride. It's quickened us, and we're rejoicing in it. We're happy in it. Oh, let's stand to our feet. I got so much here, I didn't even get to. I guess that's another message for another time. Hallelujah. He says, this is heavenly places. It's the same message. Recognize your day in his message. This is heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We would not swap this for anything. You know how I love to fish and how I love to hunt because I see God out there in the wilderness. I love it. But oh, I wouldn't change one minute of this for all the experiences of hunting that there is. One minute of this, that's satisfaction. He said, God created me a revival. Let me be the revival. Let each one of us be the revival. The revival in me. Make me, Lord, to hunger. Make me to thirst. Create in me, Lord, what is that what is needed in me. Let me from this hour be thine. A more consecrated servant. A better servant. More blessed of you. More able. More humbler. More kinder. More willing to work. More looking to the things that are positive and forgetting the things that are in the past and the negative. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Let me press forward towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ. Amen. He says that's our desire, isn't it? How many is that your desire here this morning? Hallelujah. Be it unto me according to your word. If you would play that, let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, as we sing this song together. Oh Lord, what a place you've brought us to. To God be the glory. Way we never lose sight of it, oh God. We appreciate the outpourings. We appreciate the blessings. We appreciate, we get caught up in them and the blessings of God as it were. We love them, Lord. We're thankful for every soul that's been saved and there's going to be one baptized here in a few moments as they make ready. Lord, I pray that even though we've seen all these things, Lord, we're right now in this place. Make us a more consecrated son and daughter of God. Every service, Lord. Every every sermon. Every day. 
Every prayer, Lord, make us more consecrated unto you, Lord. Forgive us where we fall short, Lord. If there's one thing we hate, Lord, we hate how weak we are. But yet, Lord, you said in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. And so you allowed it to be that way, and you called us that way. Not great, victorious strength in ourselves, but Lord, vessels that can say, Lord, I need you. Keep me in the place. Plant me in this place of blessing. Father, we commit ourselves afresh unto you this morning. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, may they just simply slip up their hand even now and say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and take control of my life. We commit ourselves to you, O God, in Jesus Christ's name. Oh, be it unto me
Tarvin, you can have your seats, everyone. Hallelujah. Almost getting used to this. It's a marvelous thing to see the Spirit of God move. And there do indeed has to be fruits. You say, well, Spirit of God move, but where's the fruits? There has to be fruits to what God is doing in the moving of His Spirit. And today we have Marie Kapuya. And daughter, of course, of Natasha and Brother Gideon standing there so proud and so happy. And they planted, as we heard this morning, at the right place, by the rivers of living water. And now we see a a young lady growing up in the beauty of holiness. And I, I was reading a scripture, and I was thinking much of Sister Marie at this point, because Jesus Christ, we say, well, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit is moving. And you have to understand, of course, through the message that the Holy Spirit, Brother Bram said, is the person of Jesus Christ. And so when when we say the Holy Spirit is here, Jesus is here. It's not three people. It's one person. And so he is a great God. He can be, he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He can, he can do anything and be everywhere, but he's omnipotent God. And God has dealt individually with Sister Marie. I was thinking of the scripture where Jesus said, I must needs go by Samaria. And we could read that and we say, well, that was 2,000 years ago, Sister Marie. That was a long time ago. But we have to see that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so then we'd say, Jesus must needs come by Cloverdale to deal with Sister Marie. Because God knew that that seed needed planting and needed to be germatized and needed to come alive. And it was so applicable because that is the subject we've all been talking about and yet preached this morning. I was saying to Sister Mary, I said, don't you remember as a little girl, I, well, like in class, we were given a bean. Everybody remember your bean? And you got a blotter piece of paper and you had to have the right moisture and you had to have the right atmosphere and you had to have the presence that had to be a sun. And he had to be planted in the right place. <laughs> Here we go. Sister Marie, the whole message was her, for her. Well, not, it was for me too, Brother Tim. But it was marvelous. And it's applicable. And it's alive. And it's real, Sister Marie. And so Jesus had needs to go by Samaria. Because there was a seed that needed the S-O-N of God to germatize it. And God got a hold of your heart personally. Sister Marie, and you're standing here in the waters of baptism. And as we covered in Romans 6, if we're identified in his burial, in his death, we shall also be identified in his resurrection. Is there a need that you must be baptized? That's a part of the scripture, as Brother Tim so wonderfully said today. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is this... A must? Absolutely. And by the grace of God, Sister Marie, you've heard the beckoning of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times we get, well, how did God speak to us? And how do I know that God spoke to me? And we always get this, I need the voice of God thunder out like thunder. Or you need an earthquake to shake it. And it always has been, as the scripture says, a still small voice of God. Who said, surrender. Give your life to me. Repent and be baptized. And because of that still small voice speaking, Sister Marie, 
we're standing here, being identified with our lovely Lord Jesus. So God bless you and may the Holy Ghost fill her. God use her. May she be a blessing to those that are around her. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we bow before the august presence of our lovely Lord Jesus. Father, it's a wonder to behold, to see these young hearts being moved on service after service. That a word of God could find an entrance to their hearts. And Lord, that they indeed want to be planted by the rivers of living water. And so, Father God, as Sister Marie stands here, she has desired baptism. She has desired a way of holiness. She desires to live for you. She's willing, Lord, to be identified in your death, burial, and resurrection. I pray, Father God, you'll bless her, fill her, Lord, and use her mightily for the kingdom of God. So, Sister Marie, by your confession that Jesus Christ is your Savior, I baptize you in true Christian baptism, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's any more. <laughs> what does hinder us? Amen. Let's sing that next verse. Nothing compares, Lord. Let's stand together. Nothing compares to Him. She'll never regret being in those waters of baptism. You'll never regret giving your heart to the Lord. I've never regretted it for a moment. I never regret every labor. I don't regret any trials. I don't regret anything He had to put me through. Whatever He had to do to mold my character. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Don't you love Him this morning? Oh, nothing.
Are you planted this morning? See, nothing's going to move me from here. I'm planted. I know what is the prosperity of my life. It's God's revealed word. It's not a church. It doesn't matter whether it's Cloverdale or some other place around the world. It doesn't make no difference. If that's where God calls you, he plants you in his word in that place. I just love him. I just appreciate him so much. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together as we dismiss in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I feel inadequate this morning. You gave me so much this week, and yet, Lord, I didn't get to it. Forgive me if that was my fault. If I got sidetracked or whatever it was, Lord. But may you take the word that was spoken. And may you anchor it in the heart of every believer. Every son and daughter of God. We're human. We only have so much stamina. Lord, people in these mortal bodies, our attention spans are for such a space of time. But Lord, you're not limited to five minutes or five hours it's not time with you Lord it's just a moment I pray that it was somebody's moment this morning Lord I believe Lord that you went as you were here that you visited individuals and when I say here I don't just mean this room I mean under the sound of my voice Lord you visited individuals with your word as only you can do, Lord, and you come through your word to that predestinated seed, like you did to the woman at the well, and you quickened her, and her life was not the same from that moment forward, Lord. Before that, her life was a train wreck, but after that, Lord, she was a high-speed train bound for glory. Oh, Lord, you gave her life. You quickened her, oh God. And you are the quickener of our lives, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you for this time we can have together. We commit ourselves to you. We commit the word to you. We commit the day to you. May we meditate upon these eternal things, Lord, and give you glory and honor, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I just feel before we go, if we could just sing that song, Blessed Be, Blessed Be. You, O Lord, are a strong and mighty tower. Let's just worship him with this song as we're prepared to leave. You, O Lord, are a strong and mighty tower.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name for Sister Marie this morning. Blessed be your name for every son and daughter of God you have redeemed. Blessed be your name for your outpouring, oh God. Blessed be your name for your life. Blessed be your name for every blessing. Blessed be your name, oh God. Blessed be your name, oh Lord. We, your people, proclaim you are Oh, 